and thank you for tuning back into the Molly Williams podcast. This is me, Molly Williams, and I am so thankful that you have decided to come on back. Um, we are now in our third, um, our third podcast of the series of Rise, where we're talking about the unity of the church through men and women reigning together in unity. And um, and before we get started today, I just want to make sure that everyone knows that you can message me, you can comment, you can have discussion on the Facebook pages, the medium right now. Um, we're working on a website, but until that happens, the Facebook page is going to be where you can um, where you can get all of that all of that information and get all that discussion going. So, all right, let's get started. So, um, a little bit about what I want to talk about today is complete dependence on Jesus and and what that looks like. I know we have just gone from the topic of men and women and reigning in unity through um, through unpacking some of the verses in Genesis about how men and women were created and now we're jumping into dependence, but I promise it'll be linear. Um, so whenever you get a relation from God, like, or sorry, a revelation from God, do you ever feel like the crash from the high? What I mean by that is do you get such revelation maybe in church maybe with a song something um that you something that you hear from the god hear from holy spirit and you're reading in your bible and then you just feel so relieved you feel so refreshed and then as soon as you leave that atmosphere you almost like come back to reality in a sense and you start creating a heartfelt list of motivations that you want to alter because of the revelation that you just had. I know that I have. I will be the first person to put my hand up and say that that is me. I hear from the Holy Spirit and I'm so moved and I hear what he's saying and it's even clear. And then I come back and I'm like, well, here's my list of things that I need to do in order to reach what he just said to me, but he just spoke it over me. Um, Today, I wanna dig deeper into what it means to live a life of dependence on God. And how just like the truths that we found in Genesis regarding the creation story in relationship with the fall, we were created to only access full wholeness in full dependence. So the scripture that I want to pull from today um, is Ephesians 5, um, roughly 18 through 24. If you're going back to read this later um, in your quiet time, I would say 18 through 24. Um so this scripture is typically read at weddings. This is a wedding scripture. It's the one of um, just briefly, wives submit to your husbands, husbands love your wives as Christ has loved the church. But what I want us to glean specifically from the text is a continuation of the unity that was in the origin of humanity. Humans depending on God and tapping into the fullness that God has had for us and reaching for dependence. So the entrance of sin into the world at the fall of humanity meant that humans chose independence instead of dependence on their creator. And Paul in this passage writes a beautiful exhortation to the church regarding submission to each other as believers. So um, Ephesians 5, 22 and 23 says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, also as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. So he uses this metaphor of the relationship between Jesus and the church to describe how, um, well, not necessarily a metaphor, but an analogy, rather, of the relationship between Jesus and the church to describe how husbands and wives are to navigate unity in a marriage. 
Um, so after all, marriage is to reflect the relationship that Jesus had with his bride. Um, and as a side note, I think it's important to point out that God compares the marriage to the relationship with Jesus in the church. Um, we see lots of really cool ceremonies and we see lots of um, marriages that we can see either go south or um, we we view marriage as a strong and weak or um, in awkward and not awkward times. And I think it's important to look at it through the paradigm of um, Christ being the bridegroom, the church being the bride. And that's why we're doing marriage. That's why we that's why we come together in unity, even as even as um, husband and wife. But again, Paul uses this metaphor of the um, of this relationship um, to show of the relationship between Jesus and the church to show um, even bride and groom. So just think for a moment about the relationship that our church has with Jesus. And I'm not saying that we, before we even go anywhere, I'm not saying that we as wives should praise our husbands as the church praises Jesus. No, no, no. There's only one name worthy to be praised, and that is, that's Jesus. Um, but the, this verse says, for the husband is the head of the wife, also as the Christ is the head of the church, and he's the savior of the body. So Unity looks like submitting to Jesus, his leadership, and his covering. In a marriage, unity um, unity also looks like submission to the husband's leadership and covering. So that analogy is drawn there by Paul. So women were created to flourish under this covering. That's our sweet spot. It's not a you'll do everything that I say as your husband. It's not... Um, your identity is now mine because I'm your husband or because that's not what Christ said. I mean, if you think about the relationship between our church and Christ, like the global church and Christ, he he doesn't say now stay quiet and don't speak unless you're spoken to. He says in Song of Solomon, he says, I want to see your face. I want to I want to hear your voice. So there's there's a love, a lovely exchange between there. So the um, we're as women were created to flourish under that covering, under the covering of protection, under the covering of, um, of what it means to be subject to that. And even as, as the church, we're, we're meant to flourish under, under subjection to Christ. I mean, Christ, Christ covers us. And now, now we can flourish because Christ is covering us. And when we, when we're living in subjection to that, so the seal and the solution of women didn't come along until after the animals were named, the assignments were given, and what was her person? What was her purpose? God sent a helper. So I just want to take a minute and mention here that God didn't pit Adam and Eve against each other, or even divide up the work evenly. He didn't. I noticed it was interesting to me as I was thinking through this that he didn't bring Adam and Eve up. He didn't. He didn't create them and say, okay. Adam, you will be doing this. Eve, you'll be doing this. Or you two are doing the same thing. And then there creates a, a spirit of competition there, or some competition of, well, my fruit has grown quicker than yours. Clearly, I'm doing something better. No, like it wasn't, he didn't pit them against each other. Um, so God didn't want Adam to be alone, obviously, as we, as I have driven into, <laughs> into the ground over these past few co- podcasts, but he didn't want Adam to be alone. So he created a woman in the process so that he had some help navigating this whole thing. Um, Adam was only seven days old, seven days on this whole planet. And, and even in those seven days, it was realized that he needed another person. 
So the bottom line to follow along in our series regarding women rising to their full potential and walking forward in unity with men in the global church is that women were created to flourish under that covering, just as Christ, just, just as the church will flourish under Christ's covering. So what does that require? That requires dependence. So verse 24 of Ephesians 5, so Ephesians 5, 24 says, Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their husbands in everything. So that phrase, just as the church, just jumped out at me. Um, this passage gets a lot of attention in conservative circles and in liberal circles um, talking about what the roles of men and women are. This is the verse that gets thrown my way many times when I say men and women reigning together in unity. Then all of a sudden this verse comes out at me and instead of reflecting, instead of um, instead of a lot of times what people will do um, is, is instead of using this verse to reflect the beautiful um, relationship of marriage, then it's thrown out as this is woman's place or this is a man's place. And so let's just unpack that for a moment. Um, so what I see here is that Paul is drawing parallels between how believers in Christ are subject to Christ in a similar fashion to how the wife is subject to her husband. So this dependency, can it can get offensive. Um, but what what is sted, what's setting the stage for the offense? What what creates offense in our hearts when we when we as men or as women read this? So some people, um, I think is with I know with me sometimes when I immediately read this or you know the first time when you're still growing and learning the word submission and subject to me it meant giving up all of your freedom, giving up your identity, and um, now someone is in charge of you and that. And that, that can create offense. I mean, if I'm being honest, it creates offense with me. Um, but with my own eyes, I see here that Paul wrote the words, just as the church. He's drawing a parallel, an analogy, as being the nature that I should submit to my husband. So before I even, I can't, I can't even go into what humans look like submitting to each other before I, before I talk about how the church interacts with Christ and that relationship there. And if you're unfam- if you're unfamiliar with that, um, the the relationship I'm talking about is that sin entered the world, and Christ had come and he um, he redeemed the church. And so through um, because of his adorning love for her, and so that relationship is what I'm is what I'm quoting when I'm talking about. So let's dive into that for a minute. So when sin entered the world, we were dead to sin. Um, the church, the body, the humans that as humans that were created, we were all dead to sin. But Christ, in His love, He stepped off of His throne, and He was looking. When He stepped off His throne, He was looking at a bride, needing a Savior whom He loves and adores. So. Again, in Song of Solomon, God says that He wants to see our face, or see our face, and hear our voices. So I don't see Christ as Christ, the relationship between Christ and the bride, meaning the church, as something where Christ now has dominion over her, and He doesn't want to hear from her, or they have their place, and that's His help, and that's it. I, I physically don't see that with my own eyes in here. But anyways, Christ loved the church so much that he crossed into enemy lines, into the world, into sin. He crossed into that 
and to win her back. And so he was slaughtered on the cross and his irresponsible, irrevocable and unwavering love was just openly displayed blood and broken skin and all Christ, the bridegroom gave himself unto death for his bride. So when I see the relationship that bridegroom Christ has in offering love to his bride, I can't be offended. I can't, I can't even offer my intentions up quick enough because this Christ irresponsibly threw his life on the line, laying it all out there, and he needed no submission from me in the process. He saw me, if I'm making this personal, he, Christ saw me and saw how much he loved me and how much he adored me and he saw that I was born into sin and so what he did was he crossed enemy lines he didn't say okay let's let's negotiate this first you have to be submissive to me you have to you have to follow my leadership and I will force you to know that it's good he he saw that and and irresponsibly he threw his whole life down for for a human I call that irresponsible because I'm a human. I'm flesh. I don't make good decisions. And and so what he did was he actually threw his whole life down for that. He threw his life down. He took sin and he, he took it to the grave so that we don't have to go there. So, um, so when he did the unthinkable and he put his bloody love on display for his bride, he showed that his leadership is beyond our wildest thoughts. And in response to this insane love, I can worship him by saying yes. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Your ways are higher than my ways. And I'm going to trust where you're taking this whole thing, even if I can't see it yet. So dependence as believers really looks like understanding that we have fallen. And we're going to continue to fall short in every arena of our lives. But we can stand firm knowing that Christ has it all covered. <laughs> There's that covering word. Um, and can not only provide wisdom and leadership, but he saves our lives in the process. So going back to Ephesians real fast, verse 25 says, husbands, loves your, husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. So after thinking about the relationship between Christ and the church, I quickly, quickly see that this is so unrealistic, like with humans, like with, and I mean, um, with us and our spouses, with us and our future spouses, there's there's fear in that. Is my future spouse um, are they are they gonna view things like this? Are they gonna love me like that? Or or sometimes what even we what we can even fall into. I know that I have is um, when, before I got married. I was think you think about and you cast a shadow onto your future spouse saying. I don't want anyone who's going to be less than this. And that's a wonderful outlook to have. Um, except for whenever we as women, I know especially as women and even some men too, I know older brothers and things um, can be um, subject to this as well. But even um, we say don't settle for anything less than the best. Don't settle for anything that is less than that. And as we should have so much respect for ourselves as women as we should have so much respect in knowing that like that our our relationships and our our marriages should look like this like this beautiful marriage between Christ and the church um it it's we have to realize that we're all humans as well and the only thing i think in my opinion <laughs> that matters is the yes Trent and i have um when we first like started dating and 
very quickly we knew we wanted to get married, but we um we were insane because we thought <laughs> we thought that like this re this reality of Ephesians five was was going to be real for us. We we thought you know like we're we're both relatively strong in our faith. You know we um, we try our best. We say yes to to Jesus every day, but. Um, so yeah, of course we can walk through this. Like, yeah, of course. And and this phrase has like very thankfully has been the overarching theme of our marriage so far is who can who can go low, who who's gonna go the lowest. So how low can I go for him? How low can he go for me? And um in serving one another. Um, but although that is the intent of my heart every single day, and I know it is of his too, that's not always the reality. Uh, we have a dog in a Dalmatian, and as soon as he gets out of his kennel, he will pick up a do- he'll pick up a toy, and he runs around the the house in like circles, and he jumps on stuff, and he sniffs what's new since the last time he was in his kennel, because apparently everything has changed in eight hours, and then since he was asleep, and so in those moments, <laughs> I mean, you can't, I mean. And when we're trying to get out the door, when we're tra- when we're chasing a Dalmatian around our living room, and he is sixty pounds, and we are much more than that, but not quite as strong as he is. He is um, th- the going low is not. It seems unrealistic, but I think that's important for us to understand that that um, that this this reality, this this marriage reality that the Christ and the church that Christ and the church have can be real in our own lives, but not by our own hand. It has to come through guidance of the Holy Spirit every day and working at it. And I'm sure we'll, we'll grow further in that. Um, but with the, with, with the lens of Christ and the church, that relationship, um, there's a real love that's exchanged. And the church, um, and we're really quickly, to, we very, very quickly see how these standards seem so unrealistic to reach. I mean, first of all, our husbands are in Christ, and I don't have the integrity that I know that I deem worthy of even being a part of this whole story. Um, But whether we're married, whether we're not yet married, or not even planning to get married anytime soon, I think it's important to keep open ears and hands to reaching for this in a marriage and knowing that this will fail by our own hand. And by reaching for the subjectivity of the church by husbands reaching for the loving and giving himself just as Christ, we can reflect the picture. So I'm not perfect. You know, like we're not perfect. We're not going to get this right. But the the goal here and the goal in this dependency is just saying yes. And it's saying, yes, I want to honor you in trying my best to make my marriage and to make my relationships reflect this relationship between Jesus, you and the Father, and also this relationship, but the intimate relationship between the church and Christ. Um, So it's all about honoring him, and it's about living in response to that. So, I mean, as a matter of fact, if you go back earlier in the verses of Ephesians 5, it, um, it takes verses 18 through 21 in order to walk out 20 through 22 through 25 so things like being filled with the spirit is listed in that verses living a life of worship is also there living life of gratitude and again it's a bunch of things that i can't do with my own hand and that i have to do with help from the lord in order to even get to the place where i can subject myself to other believers i can subject myself i can go low um for my husband he can 
you know, he can have the covering over us, you know. So as we learn more about this God who came to save us in our weakness and calls our feeble attempts in loving him back real, we grow deeper in him and we're rooted, we're unshakable to whatever is thrown at us. And in this dependency, God will take us through droughts and mountaintops where we can lean closer to him and he's going to draw closer to us. It's the greatest and glorious love story that's ever been told and it invites us to depend on him and live in the fullness that he created us for. It's all about this dependency here. So um, we access the fullness of what he has for us when we say, I'm going to fully depend on the one who created me. I'm going to be an extension of you. I, I have no battery pack of my own. I have to be plugged in in order to operate. Like, that's just what I think of. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's all I have for today. Um, I can't wait to catch you all next time as we take two parts in unpacking the relationship between Jesus and the Father, um, which I am cringingly titling relationship goals. So um, let me pray for you before we go. Um, God, we love you so much, and um, and we thank you so much for this relationship and this crazy story that you've invited us into, and we thank you so much that um that even through our independent tendencies that you still reach for us, you still chase us down, you still um you still fight for us, God, and we thank you so much that this isn't a passive love story, that this is an aggressive love story. It's aggressive in the fact that it was um that it was it was brutal <laughs> and it's and that our lives are our lives can be brutal and we thank you so much there's nowhere that we are going now that you haven't already been and god right now i ask for anyone who's even listening and um and anyone even even associated i ask that you just bless them and bless um their lives with dependency on you god And God, open eyes, open ears, open hearts, open hands, um, mobilize feet, God, so that we can, we can be extensions of you and so that we can, um, we could just completely be plugged into you and understand that our fullness will come when our full dependence is on you, that our, um, our fullness will come when our independence is gone and that we've connected with you, God. And give us strength even. And give us strength to reach these high goals. We can't do it on our own and we say that we can. And we're we're addressing this to you now, our hearts right now. We, we know we can't do this. And, and we ask for grace. We ask for just supernatural grace in whatever season that this is finding anyone now. We ask for supernatural grace to just extend and reach for what God is saying about your current situation, about our current situations that we can reach and actually extend for that and actually accomplish that and reach it through your hand, God. All we have are small hands and small arms that can reach up, reach forth to what you to what you're asking of us, but we're relying and we're trusting in faith that you will fill in the gap, God. You've done it before and we know that you're going to do it again. And um and we love you so much and thank you for blessing our lives and we just ask for further blessings in that area as we continue to walk with you and grow deeper in this crazy, insane relationship that we have with you. We love you so much. In your son's name we pray. Amen. 
All right. Well, that is all for today. So um, I am excited. Make sure you tune in next time. Um, you could listen to this on... I was getting ready to tell you where you could listen to this, but clearly you found out where you can listen to it from. Anyways, okay. Um, Well, I will catch you next time, and you have a wonderful day.